glad you've joined us today for Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. We're in the middle of a series called Seven Steps to Life-Altering Prayer. And today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Step 6, Divine Protection. Let's open our hearts to God's Word. All right, let me invite you to open uh, your Bible as we're continuing our study in the seven steps uh, to life-altering prayer. Seven steps to life-altering prayer. Would you go with me to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13? The title of the message this morning is Step 6, Divine uh, Protection. And if you want to add a little bit more to that, divine victory, victory. And that's what we're going to be looking at here. Uh, I'm going to back up a little bit, read the entire Lord's Prayer, and then we're going to come to the verse that we're going to be looking at this morning. Jesus told his disciples to, verse 9, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And then for today, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, before we dig into what this text means, part of the way that we will even discover that is is I had this thought this week, maybe you think this sometimes, when you're going through a kind of a section of Scripture, and if you ever asked yourself the question, what would be different if this verse were not in the text? Sometimes you are able to mine in a a greater sense the meaning of a text as a whole if you begin to think about the parts and why is that in there? Now, at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, we talked about the, the vertical focus on the Lord, but now we're beginning to focus on our needs. Give us this day our daily bread, our needs, our practical needs, which God cares for. Then our need for forgiveness, which we talked about. And now we're looking at a great need, and that being protection. What if this verse 13 did not exist? And what does this verse say about the love of God? You see, Jesus was telling us to pray almost certainly uh, the way he prayed. And as he would have prayed, uh, give us this day our daily bread, he also would have prayed and lead us not into temptation. If there's nothing else that you're maybe thinking right now as you're kind of processing that, think about this. God loves his children and God protects his children. God protects his children. Now we're going to flesh that out. What does that mean? Let's again look at verse 13. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one, or as some translations will say, but deliver us from evil. I want to draw your attention to what I believe is the central word 
in this text that's really going to drive our application. And that's the Greek word, uh, perasmos. I'm going to put a little uh, slide up here, which is going to kind of give you a sense. This is some of the software I look at. I'm sure you all look at very interesting software in your jobs, depending on what your job is. This is the software I look at. And this kind of describes uh, the different options of what this word can mean uh, in a Greek context. So uh, this word, perasmos, can mean temptation. It can mean trials, or it can mean testing. And you're just seeing the way it's translated of the 100%, the the half of it is temptation, maybe 40% is trials, and then 10% is test or testing. Now we're going to look at each of these options more closely, because as I'm looking at this text and I'm trying to understand what is Jesus telling us to pray, to ask for, Which is it? Which of these translations is the most accurate? I'm going to ask you to use your Bible. We're going to be using our Bibles a lot today. Hope you came ready to uh, uh, turn some pages here. If you have a Bible or a phone, if you want to turn directly there. Uh, Let me ask you to go to James chapter 1. We're going to look at the first uh, option that this word could mean. Perasmos. And we're going to get a better sense of... What is this prayer about, and how am I supposed to seek the Lord on a daily basis? Remember, we talked about the fact that this prayer is a daily prayer. And James is going to start out right at the beginning of his letter. I'm going to skip ahead to verse 2, James chapter 1, verse 2. And he says, right off the top, they must have been in a tough situation. He says this, he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet, and here's that word, perasmos, trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom on how to live out this trial, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him, but let him ask in faith, With no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let's skip ahead to verse 12. It says, blessed is the man or woman who remains steadfast under perasmos, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Now, when Scripture says in this text, I'm going to ask you to kind of help me today. We're going to learn in this together. When Scripture says here in the book of Matthew, as Jesus is teaching us to pray, when it says, lead us not into perasmos, if it's talking about a trial, it can't be the right interpretation. Because throughout Scripture, God puts people through seasons of trials as a matter of testing their faith and getting a sense of which, uh, is their faith genuine or is their faith made up, a show, or needs to grow? Trials and testing, two of those options, are actually things that God puts into our lives to build us up, to 
enrich our lives. Now, when we're in it, we're not thinking, oh, this is awesome. God's giving me cancer. I'm I'm so grateful that God is testing my faith. How many of us would say sometimes we're not as excited about God's tests as he's excited about them? Why is that? It's because God can see the end. God can see that when you pass that test or that trial, your life is going to be so much better. And more importantly, your life is going to be so much closer to him. But we can't see that. You know, when God tests our faith to prove it, sometimes to us, sometimes to those around us, and ultimately to him, it's no different than when a coach tests a player and says, I want you to run more than the rest of the team. I'm testing you. I'm pressing on you. Do you have what it takes? Or uh, I was praying for someone or had put in the prayer request this week. They're about to take their medical boards, their exam. I mean, we're all glad when we go to the hospital that somebody somewhere made that person that's going to be working on my body, I'm so glad that somewhere back there, they had to go through an exam. If you agree with me, say amen. Okay? When I get on an airplane, and I work my way through the seats to the back, I'm really glad that American Airlines made sure that the guy in the front or the gal in the front had to go through an exam or a trial or a test so that they have certification to be flying this couple ton piece of metal 35,000 feet in the air. We all agree? Okay, we take that for granted, don't we? Well, see, God has to do that same work in us. And we don't appreciate it in the moment as much, but it is very important to our development as a believer. And I want to draw your attention back to the text here in James, and then we're going to be moving around a bit. Notice in verse 3 it says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. It's been one of the most important words in my, my personal walk with the Lord. It's the Greek word, and I normally don't mention Greek words at all, but I think sometimes it's just nice to have them stick in your head a little bit. Hupomone, remaining under. And scripture says that when you're in that time of testing, you're to remain under the pressure and the testing and the trial that God is bringing into your life so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if you remain, you'll pass the test. But often in that moment, when we're on the weight of the pressure of the, whatever the trial or test is, is pushing and pressing down on us, there's the temptation to duck out from under it, right? Now, God's the most amazing teacher on the face of the earth. God doesn't let anybody skip their tests. And if you try to skip it, he'll find another way to make sure the same exam gets put in front of you with a different situation so that you have a second opportunity to pass the exam. Stay under the trial. Stay under the test. Don't run. Because God has good things for you. 
And that most of the blessings in my life have been the result of remaining under a trial or a testing season and then seeing God be faithful. Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. If you're listening to Meeting with God, you're clearly interested in God's Word. One of the great joys of my life is seeing people grow together in God's Word on a weekly basis. And these messages are a part of our weekend services. If you don't have a church family, let me invite you to join us this weekend. Our church home is located in Columbus near Route 315 and Henderson Road. Details are available at verticalchurch.life. So let's, uh, thinking about this text, if we were to apply this to what we're learning in prayer, when it says, lead us not into perasmos, it can't be talking about a trial because that would be something we need to receive from the Lord no matter how challenging it is. And the goal, as you see in verse 12 of James, where it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. You know, it's just like that. I remember those moments when I was finishing up school, especially in my master's degree, and I can remember those moments of just relief when you get the grade back and you're like, yes, I'm, this is done. We passed. I got a better... I actually got a B on that. That's awesome, right? And that's the attitude that God wants us to have when we're in a trial. Now let me say this. You can jot this down in your notes. You can ask for strength and grace in times of trials and testing. Now as you're praying this, even though we're not praying, lead us into or not into a trial or testing, I do want you to know this. God cares about your trial and your testing. And so this word we're looking at, you can just kind of put it in your notes as we're going back to prayer and let God work in your life. Maybe the message to you today is not a matter of temptation into sin. It's a matter of remaining right where you're at and God knows you feel like running or dodging or it's their fault, and why am I suffering for it? Listen, God is working through that. God is working through the unique things in our life, the painful things in our lives, because he has a greater weight of glory. You, you Imagine when that moment's going to come, where you're in glory, and the Lord is going to put that crown on your head. I mean, do you think you're even going to remember the trials that you faced? That's something awesome to look forward to. Well, let's keep looking at this word, perasmos, and what it can also mean. Stay with me in James. Verse 13 says, let no one say when he is tempted. Now we're switching gears. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. God's in control of everything. He must have tempted me. Uh, No, he did not. For God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Now we're looking at an entirely different side of who we are and what God is at work in our lives and what God is helping us with 
Um, Now, when we talk about desire, we're talking about our flesh, our sinful flesh, the side of me that's Uh, Though doesn't control my life anymore because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ is still present until I'm in heaven. And how many of us have that experience like Paul did in in Romans chapter 7 where he says, he says, I do that which I don't want to do because I I don't want to do it, but I do it. Why do I do it? Why can I stop doing it? You ever had that moment? I like cookies, but I know I shouldn't eat cookies. But I really want that cookie. So I ate the cookie, but I knew I shouldn't have ate the cookie because I, that's my flesh. It's not wrong to have cookies. In fact, we're going to have donuts later. Those are spiritual donuts, though, so you need to make sure you have one of those. It's funny how the flesh, our flesh works. Right here in James, he says that it, there's a part of us that is desiring and looking for the sin the things we want, sometimes the good things we should have, but not the right way. Sometimes it is wrong things we should never have. My flesh is looking for satisfaction outside of what God has for me, and that's what temptation is. Let's go back here to the text here. Notice what he says in James. He says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Some of us know what it is. All of us know what it is to be tempted. Some of us know what it is like when literally the phone is walking me around and telling me where to go. And I don't want to, but I can't stop it. And this temptation, these desires are literally the dog is walking the person. And what do I do? Is there hope? Pastor, please tell me that that Jesus has power over the desires and the temptations that I face. Because if he doesn't, I'm in a bad place. How do I? Well, that's why we have this prayer in the text I want to draw your attention over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's going to be up on the screen. You can just read it with me. Paul says this. He says, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation is overtaken you that is not common to man. You see, those are the, let me just pause there. Those are the two things that often lead us into a sort of fall over the cliff experience. Either one, we say, oh, oh, I'm too strong to fall. I'll just tell you this. I've seen enough people fall into almost any time of sin you can imagine. It's one of the downsides of being a pastor. You have to see a lot of things. And I'm going to tell you, I don't consider myself incapable of doing anything. Too many people have said, they don't read the text, which is take heed lest he fall. And they like, I'm, I am rocking it. I don't have to worry about that uh, as they go over the cliff and falling 60 feet, 100 feet, sometimes never to return. Then it says, no temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. That's the flip side of it, which is, oh, there's nothing I can do. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the target of the enemy. These temptations are too much for me. There's nothing I can do. I, should, I, I guess I just have to hopelessly jump over the cliff. And neither is that true. Look what Paul says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 
He says, God is faithful. Look up here for a minute. No matter what your temptation is, God is faithful. And he is faithful to help you. He is faithful to walk with you. And he is faithful to pick you up when you went over the cliff. If you'll ask for help. Now the joy of this Lord's prayer is lead us not into the ditch. Not pick me up out of the ditch. But he's willing to do that as well. That's what forgiveness is about. That's what we talked about a few weeks ago. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. That's a promise. Don't ever say there's no way I can get out of this. Say, God, show me the way out of this. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but will with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Why do I say this? I thought Leanne Morris had a great comment when he said this. God tempts no one but the worshiper of Jesus Christ knows his own weakness and in this prayer seeks to be kept far from anything that may bring him to sin. You see, part of humility as a believer in Jesus Christ before we're in glory is the ability to say, I'm vulnerable. I can fall. Why is it so dangerous for my two-year-old to be out alone? Because she has no concept of the danger that she, that even basic things like cars and people and any number of other things could have on her. She has no concept of heed lest I fall. She, she's oblivious to that. And sometimes as believers, we're oblivious to that. But God wants to help us. When we begin to realize that we are all sinners, that we still have a flesh in us, though not controlling us, the Holy Spirit is, we can find victory. We can find victory. I want to just encourage you with this. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, God can lead us away from temptation. When it says, lead us not into temptation, it's not saying maybe. It's saying ask. Ask because he can. He is able. He is faithful. In fact, why don't you just write this down? You can ask for protection from temptation. You can ask for it. But you need to ask for it. You know, I find it very fascinating that God, in his infinite wisdom, decided in our sanctification, our growth and our walk with the Lord that we should need to, on a daily, or in some cases, hourly basis, ask for help. Why doesn't God just flip a switch and make it real easy? Why didn't God just, when I became a Christian, take my flesh out? Because he's teaching us dependence. He's teaching us how to lean into him for grace, even when we don't want to, even when we don't feel like it. He's gently knocking the pride out of us. God will lead us away from potential temptations in many cases. God will not allow us for sure to be tempted beyond our ability. I would encourage you, depending on where your walk with the Lord is, if you are really wrestling with a particular temptation or temptations, to make sure you memorize and, or put a copy of 1 Corinthians 10, 12 to 13 up on your bathroom mirror or wherever you need it to be and reminding yourself that, hey, you know, God has given me victory if, if I'll walk in it and ask for help. 
you know, God promises to provide an escape hatch. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing, though. In the text, it says he'll provide you a way of escape. But the important thing in the text is you have to take the way of escape. If you don't take the off-ramp on the road to sin, if you don't take the off-ramp, you can't blame God that he didn't, you know, he's given the ability to turn off. You got to take it. And you will. You also need to trust God. Often this is a struggle we have in temptation as we start to wrestle and the enemy begins to poison our minds with thoughts like, well, God doesn't really want you to be happy. You can't really try. I mean, maybe God could get you out of temptation, but do you really think God wants you happy? I mean, you need to be happy, you know. And subtly our hearts are pulled away into thinking that God really doesn't have my best interests in mind. Nothing could be further from the truth. The cross of Jesus Christ is the continual reminder that God always has my best interest in mind. And he was willing to pay for it with his son. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. If you missed part of today's message or would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Aarons, please visit our archive of Meeting with God radio programs at our website, verticalchurch.life. There you'll find a collection of past messages from God's Word, which you can listen to easily, as well as share with your family and friends. Also on our website, you can learn how to connect with Vertical Church personally if you're in Columbus or leave a prayer request. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.